Alderman. Alfin sang across the valley, waking Alderman with a start. Good day, Alfie. <sighs> Alderman was relieved to see that Alfin was still the size of a giant. Maybe water didn't shrink giants after all. The air felt cooler today. Autumn had arrived. And as the weather changed, so did Alderman's temper. New season, new me. I can be whoever I want to be. Besides, why should Alfin have all the fun? Alderman shouted for Alfin to hurry up and meet at the path below their hills. Race you to the brook! And just like that, Alderman was off, running down his hill, holding onto his hat tightly, the wind blowing behind him and whistling in his ears. Alfin arrived at the brook about a second before Alderman did. He didn't hide his glee. Yes! Na, 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 na. <laughs> I win. Loser! Yeah, yeah, whatever. I stubbed me toe. He slowed me down. Alderman was always a sore loser. An argument loomed. They were both as bad as each other. Luckily, Rimmon gracefully rose out of the water just before things turned sour. Alderman shuffled from one big foot to the other and wondered if Rimmon thought he'd acted foolishly when he stormed off yesterday. He put his hands in his pockets and felt something cold. His rock carvings. Alderman held out a gigantic hand to Rimmon. Yeah, I've, uh, I've made you something, said Alderman. Alderman handed over Rimmon's rock first. It glistened just like she did in the bright autumn sunshine. Rimmon didn't say anything for what felt like a lifetime. She turned it over slowly in her hands. It's me. You made me. Hang on, there's another one here, said Alderman. He felt quite exposed, dishing out his creations like this. It felt like he'd poured a bit of his soul into these carvings, so he really did hope that Rimmon liked them, and the sentiment of it all. Giants can be very soppy sometimes. Their hearts are so big, they can't help it. Next, Alderman handed Rimmon the carving of Alfin. He knew his friend inside out. Somehow, this carving seemed to perfectly capture his kind, twinkly eyes and even the crinkly laughter lines around them. Oh, Alfin, it's you, look. Oh, <laughs> look at us together here. We're the same size. <laughs> oh, it's probably the only time you won't be bigger than me. <laughs> Alderman could feel the weight of the third rock, the carving he'd made of himself. He wondered whether he should leave it in his pocket and not say anything at all. He felt like he might cry. Hot tears started to prick his eyes, but then Alfin asked. Where's your one, Alderman? Yes, where's yours? Rimmon said. Oh, yeah, uh, my one. <laughs> Here I am, Alderman said, as he sheepishly showed the others his carving. That's for you too, Rimmon. If you want it, that is. Of course I do, silly. Whoa. Oh, you look so powerful and wise. Do I? I'm not used to imagining what I look like. I know you two far better than I know myself. Anyway, yes, yeah, so uh, it's us lot. <laughs> Carved out of rocks, obviously. There's enough of them lying around, I suppose. It's 
upcycling. And I know you're all about that, aren't you? It's a present, Rimmon, because, well, sometimes, uh, every night actually, when we're up there having our tea, I think of you down here by yourself under the water at night and I wonder if you ever get lonely and wrinkly. Do you get wrinkly? The thing about these rocks is they can live under the water as well as above it. So we can be with you when we aren't with you, if that makes sense. Sorry, I'm rambling. Sometimes I don't know when to shut my cake hole. Rimmon looked up at Alderman through her sparkling eyes. They were full of tears, like big, wet, salty reservoirs. Sorry. Oh, was it personal asking whether you get wrinkly? Oh, you know I can't help it with the questions. Thank you. From the bottom of my heart, I will treasure them as long as I live. And she meant it. She truly was touched by this gigantic act of kindness. Rimmon walked towards Alderman and hugged him. She squeezed him so tight that in that moment, Alderman knew Rimmon must be magical. He felt alive, more alive than he'd ever felt before. He started to feel giddy, spontaneous, reckless even, and he jumped into the water. Rimmon and Alfin jumped in too. The three of them splashed, screamed and laughed like rowdy little salmons. It felt amazing. Alderman looked at his arms to see if they'd shrunk, but they seemed to be the same size. Thank goodness. The three friends cherished that day. It felt like they were unstoppable, invincible. They had each other. So what could possibly go wrong? As autumn grew old, their world changed colour. The green valley became oranges, yellows and reds. Things too changed between Alfin and Alderman. Alderman cooked for Alfin and despite his stubborn ways, Alderman had decided that becoming a vegetarian was the right decision. The giants still spoke to each other, but mainly about a certain water nymph. Every topic turned to her. Alfin and Alderman had, unashamedly, fallen in love with Rimmon. Neither of them had said it out loud, but they didn't need to. The animals had noticed that things had changed too. One morning, Pez swooped down from the sky and perched herself on Elizabeth's fleecy coat. The course of true love never did run smooth, eh, Liz? Oh, Pez, I don't envy them. Things became even more competitive between Alfin and Alderman. The giants used to love autumn, running around, catching leaves, but now it was just another reason to impress Rimmon. I'm going to catch it. Look, Rimmon, I nearly... Oh, I just missed it. No, Rimmon? Rimmon? Watch me! Rimmon was confused by Alfin and Alderman's behaviour. Today, she had decided to distract them. Alfin, Alderman, come here. I want to show you something. The giants stopped what they were doing and raced along to see who could get to Rimmon first. Shall we skim stones? It might be nice and, uh, relaxing, Rimmon said, hopefully. Alfin and Alderman nodded, enthusiastically in agreement. Oh, I haven't done it before, said Alderman. 
Me neither, said Alfin. Right, find a stone, or a big boulder in your case. It needs to be about the size of the palm of your hand, and it needs to be flat. Get a few. Hold it with your thumb and middle finger, then hook your index finger along the edge. The lower your hand is when you throw it, the better. And give it plenty of welly. The faster it spins, the better it will skim. Let's see who can get the most skims. Rimmon knew when she said the last bit that she'd messed up. This wasn't meant to be a competition. It was supposed to be relaxing. Rimmon picked up a flat, triangle-shaped stone and skimmed it with ease across the water. The giant stared on in amazement. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. They all counted. My go, said Alderman. Alderman limbered up, boulder in hand, trying to remember what Rimmon had said. He threw his stone. It hit the water once. He waited for it to bounce again, but nothing happened. It had disappeared. Oh, how embarrassing. What an anticlimax, Alderman thought. You'll get better with practice. It's all about practice. Alderman felt disappointed. He really wanted to impress Rimmon and do better than Alfin. Alfin stepped up confidently. He was naturally sportier than Alderman. He definitely wouldn't be as good as Rimmon, but he thought he could beat Alderman's attempt. Alfin could tell Alderman was already annoyed about it. Alfin didn't limber up. As he threw the stone, he wished he had. His technique was awful. The throw was terrible. It hit the water once, and Alfin expected it to go under the water like Alderman's. But then, miraculously, it started to skim. Again, and again, and again. One, two, three, four, five, six. They all counted in unison. Six bounces. It was unbelievable. Whoa, well done, Alfin. You're a natural, said Rimmon. Alderman couldn't believe it. No, he said. No, what? Alfin replied with a smile. Cheat, cheat, unbelievable. You did this, Rimmon. You helped him. Not fair. You used your magical powers on him, so I'd look stupid. No, I did not, Alderman. Please calm down, said Rimmon. May, why are you taking everything so seriously. It's only a bit of fun. What's wrong with you these days? Alderman went to speak, but realised he had nothing to say to Alfin. He had run out of words. He stormed off to the top of his hill. He'd well and truly had enough of the two of them, always leaving him out. Giants don't belong near water. It's not right. The weather had become eerily calm. Alderman wished the wind would drown out the sound of Alfin and Rimmon counting their stones bouncing across the water. Whoa, a personal best. Alderman started to carve into the rocks to take his mind off the incessant sound of laughter, but it wasn't working. Nothing looked right. All the while, Rimmon and Alfin were carrying on having fun at the water's edge without him. In a moment of complete stillness, he heard Alfin's voice pierce through the still air. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. 
With that, Alderman picked up a boulder and threw it at Alfin. As it rolled down the hill, it picked up speed like a cannonball. Alfin dodged it just in time. Rimmon screamed. Stop, Alderman! Alfin, I'm begging you, don't retaliate. It's what he wants. He wants to fight. Alfin couldn't hear her. He was already racing up to the top of his hill, throwing stones back at Alderman the whole way. Once both of the giants were at the top of their own hills, it was relentless. The whole valley shook like an earthquake. Anger poured out of every pore of Alderman's huge body. The red mist was here to stay. Rimmon looked frantically around her. She shouted to the animals for help, but they were too afraid. She wished she could use some magic to stop them, but she wasn't magical at all. She shouted, she screamed, she tried everything to stop them, but they were just not listening. After what felt like hours, she gave up. She was utterly defeated. She couldn't bear to watch anymore. Her heart was broken. Rimmon took herself under the water where she cried big, heavy tears. But it didn't matter because what's a bit of extra water anyway? She held the three stone statues tight to her heart and let herself drift gracefully away. High above the water, the giants were still throwing stones across the valley. Pez bravely flew above, shouting, Stop, boys, please! They couldn't hear her. The giants were in pain, they were tired. Alfin wanted it to stop. He'd had enough. He didn't want to fight with his best friend. He looked below him. Rocks were everywhere. It was all too much. He looked for Rimmon, but he couldn't see her. Alfin held up his hands and pleaded. Enough, Alder! He tried to dodge one of Alderman's boulders which flew towards him, but lost his balance and tumbled down from the top of his hill, landing with an almighty splash in the water below. The sound of Alfin's cry snapped Alderman out of his rage. He ran down to the water's edge to find Alfin and Rimmon, but he couldn't find them. He didn't know what to do. He needed them. He couldn't believe what had happened. The animals turned away from him, weeping and holding on to one another tightly. Alderman reached out to a group of sheep huddled by the water's edge. Elizabeth, where are they? Oh, no, it's okay. I, I won't hurt you. I'm sorry. I it's too late. You've made a terrible mistake. You threw the first stone. Must I fight to be with the love of my life? If I should fly, then I guess that's what was written to be right. It might be a short, sharp shock. I might come out on top. And if I believe that I will, I just might. And I could crumble within the fear of failure to win. 
falling Then I've already fallen before I begin Must I lose my best friend To save myself with living sin Go tell the next of kin A brother from another Fratricide won't cover what I feel within must love one another we must fight each other to save our own skin well if i had the fear of falling then i've already fallen before i If I had the fear of falling, then I've already fallen before I began.